on track. The only thing matters is a win. That's it. However, whatever, whatever it takes. Let's go, man. Let's win on three. One, two, three. Win. Live. 19. In the entertainment capital of the world. Vikings blitz. Manning got it off the rare deep throw. And maybe that's why they don't do it. Intercepted by Xavier Rhodes. It's the T.C. Martin Show. They're not used to this damn heat. They're over there trying to set up damn pits over there on the sideline. Hey, it's Ron. It's time to get your daily prescription from the doctor, T.C. Martin. Okay, well, I ain't going to worry about you no more. 300 yards, four touchdowns. <laughs> It's so sweet when you walk off the field knowing you gave everything you got. Team win tonight. The doctor is now in. How you like me now? 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 And a happy Thanksgiving. I guess we could say post-Thanksgiving, right? It is a Friday. That means it's a football Friday. It means we are at the Las Vegas Westgate here inside the world-famous Superbook today. Jam-packed show coming your way today. Plenty of football on the college side, the NFL side, and a whole lot more today. We've got college games as we speak, in action, in progress. More tonight. And then, of course, we've got huge rivalry weekend tomorrow on the college side, an NFL Sunday, and a decent Monday night football game. We'll handicap all of that for you, plus our best bet segment coming with the crew live here at the Westgate on a football Friday and happy Thanksgiving to everyone. We took yesterday off and if you were tuning in, you got the T.C. Martin Show Song Fest, which was a nice little change of pace. So hopefully you got plenty of turkey, your favorite delicacies in the system and you're ready to go. And uh, welcome to the program here today, live from the Westgate, Las Vegas. T.C. Martin, Marco D'Angelo, our handicapper extraordinaire, and the quarterback joins us today, the one and only Super Bowl champion, Jay Schrader. Jay, what's happening, brother? Not much. I hope everybody had a great Thanksgiving and uh, still full from yesterday. So, you know, I found room to put that pumpkin cheesecake in, though. So that was good. You a know? pumpkin cheesecake. A pumpkin cheesecake. That sounds like a parlay. Is that, <laughs> yeah, you know, you got you to mix your cheesecake with a little pumpkin pie, and you're good to go. So I stuffed that down around 830, so... You know, I was good to go for the night. All right. Marco, let, let's hear it. Let's hear what was on the D'Angelo plate yesterday. Oh, you know what was on it. Turkey, stuffing, mashed potatoes, corn. Uh, we had pumpkin pumpkin pie. No, no pumpkin pie. Apple pie and pumpkin cheesecake. There you go. Yeah. See? So, Jay, let me A ask. true Thanksgiving dinner. No, there you go. Let me ask you, my friend. Okay, we had this debate during the course of the week. And I've got a, a follow-up, an epilogue, so to speak, as we had Barry Odom on the show, UNLV head coach the yeah. other day. And then I was driving today, and I, I heard a couple other guys on the radio talking. Do you go by stuffing or dressing? Stuffing. You go stuffing. Stuffing. All right. Barry Odom went dressing. And I was thinking, like, maybe you might be a dressing guy because of your Midwest connections and everything. But now I, 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 heard, I was listening to Oklahoma broadcast today, and they were saying dressing. So after, you know, putting it out there, people go, no, it's, it's the same thing. You know, so we were talking about this earlier in the week, and Marcus going, what? You know, him and Nunchuck are going, what? You talking about, like, a Thousand Island or a blue cheese? <laughs> Not yeah. what are you talking about? So no, when I was growing stuffing. up, well, you stuffed the bird. I understand that, but then it's on the side, and people say it's dressing. No. No. I'm just saying it's out there that, that people use well, both. Thank you all. People can have that opinion, but they're wrong. Yeah. So it's good. <laughs> And this is coming from a guy that does not eat turkey. Yeah. So okay, so he's no credibility yeah, to start with exactly, that. Exactly. Exactly. That's why we don't have to worry about it. So, you know, we're good. He, he probably he probably had a hot dog yesterday is probably what he had. Uh, okay, well, listen. I, I saw his picture. Yeah, he, he posted what he had. But I saw there was a plate of turkey yes. and stuffing, so that yeah. had to be Gina's. Y- yes. Okay. Yes. So, yeah, so the, so, the, so the deal on that was... I, yeah, I'm, I'm not much for turkey. Not not crazy about turkey, but uh, went to one of our favorite spots where I got my chi- world famous chicken wings. There you go. And they had the turkey special, and they also had the regular menu that they were serving as well too. So best of both worlds. For the record, so everyone knows, I did try that turkey, and it was an outstanding turkey. There you it go. Was, it was probably the 
the most tender, most juicy turkey I ever had. Because my thing is, it, a lot of turkey isn't juicy. I think it depends on what type of turkey, but turkey. But this was called what? Uh, believe it, I might get it wrong. An open range turkey. Okay. Yeah. So uh, that means that the turkey is out in the fields and yep. moving around. I believe the right term is free-range turkey. Free-range. Free range. I was going to look up the menu. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. When it comes to food, you know, just yeah. free come range. here. Yeah, come here right. and well, we'll set you straight. So did you have a free-range turkey last night? I did not have a free-range turkey, but when I lived in Pennsylvania, we actually had a fresh turkey farm that was like two miles from my house. Go over, get your turkey. Can't get it any fresher. <laughs> 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 did you partake in the? No, <laughs> I did not. Wow! Wow! Yeah. So the free range—that's yeah. that, that, that's like the Cadillac of turkeys. That well, told. Is that right? Yeah. That I would mean, be for turkey snobs like yourself. Exactly. You. <laughs> exactly. I went with the straight old good old butterball. Yep. The butterball. Good old butterball. Well, you're not picky anyway. You know. I mean, I've never seen you take anything back at a restaurant anyway. No. Have I you mean, ever? Have you ever sent a steak back? Yes. Okay. Good. Yes, I have. Yeah, but, I, I've earned you a know, little more respect for you now. I mean, you say your turkeys are dry. I mean, you don't baste them. You don't. What do? You, I, I, what do I look like? A turkey cooker? I don't know how to prepare a turkey. I, I, I mean, put, you know, I, when the family has done that, you I know, had go, that bad boy in the oven at seven o'clock yesterday. Really. Oh yeah. So that sounds like more like a like a brisket or something like oh, you, know, no. you know on the spit you know where you're you know we're, we're doing ribs or something like that mm-hmm. or a brisket and you're you're doing that thing for like eight eight ten hours. Take you're out. special. <laughs> really. Uh, hey, I enjoyed. Hey, like I said, whatever tricks your trigger. If you're into the turkey, that's fine. Yeah. You got another delicacy that you think is a delicacy. Hey. There you Enjoy. Go. There you go. Enjoy. Plain I simple. had three sittings yesterday and one already today with the leftover turkey. And uh, when you plan on hitting the treadmill. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Oh, All right, guys. A uh, lot, to, lot to hit on today. And, again, hope everyone had a great uh, Thanksgiving and continues over the weekend. Kind of liking this four-day weekend, even though we have to work today. But uh, I, lo- I love the Friday here because – Friday here in this sports book is always fantastic, but you know, with the live games going on and everything else, uh, it, it's fantastic. So, uh, love this weekend, love rivalry weekend. And uh, speaking of which, it's really not much of a rivalry. It's kind of weird watching Iowa and Nebraska. Yeah, you know, what is that? I want to see Oklahoma, Nebraska, <laughs> maybe Indiana, Iowa, something yeah, like that. Okay. But, yeah. but not this mess. Hey, the good news is the offense has scored a touchdown in those games. Well, here's the deal. Now, do you know what the total? I know Marco does. Uh, the total on this game was today. We've been talking I, a lot about think, Iowa totals over I, the week. I think I saw it. I think it was the lowest that there was. Ever. It was yeah, twenty twenty four and a half was the over under. Yeah. Final that, score. 13-10 Iowa. It's unbelievable. <laughs> Being the sick, sick, demented guy that I am. Oh, here it comes. I wanted to see it go to overtime. Yeah. And I wanted to see because everybody that bet the under, I wanted to see it go over when they scored no touchdown, no field goal in the first two possessions. And then it came down to the two-point conversions. Yeah. That's, what I wanted, that's what I wanted to see yeah. it go over the yeah. total. Yeah. See, there's a, there's a sick, demented man right there. <laughs> That's what I was rooting for. I really wanted to see that. It would add to excitement, but with Iowa football, there really isn't very much excitement, right. too. Yeah. And I Nebraska mean, needed that game for to go full eligibility, which yeah. would have been huge for Mark Rule's first season, as bad as the program has fallen. But the final sequence of that game, that summed up the entire season of Nebraska football. Unfortunately, I have to break their game down every week. I'm on a Nebraska radio station every week, and every week I got... What can you keep saying? If you don't turn the football over four times, you might win. Yeah. Look that up. Okay, with with Iowa, we, we, we were scoffing when it was like 33 and a half earlier, and then we saw a 30, a 28 and a half, a 26 and a half, and now it's 24 and a half. How many games has, has Iowa gone under the total this year? Iowa oh definitely yeah. has been. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and it keeps going under. It's like, remember the game we're going, it was 26 uh, and a half, final score was 22 nothing. Yeah. And then today it's 24 and a half. Like, well, okay, take the over, you know? Yeah. How many offensive touchdowns have they scored this year? Yeah, there, there's another question I mean, right there. Right? I mean, come on. 13 I mean, 10 final. I said, oh, this thing's going to fly over because yeah, it was scored in the first quarter. It was 10 7 at halftime. <laughs> yeah. 10 out of their 12 games went under the total. Wow. How many yeah. offensive touchdowns? <laughs> they, 
they know, if you remember at the beginning of the year, uh, the coach for Iowa, his big thing was when they got to 24, you know, he was excited. That's our yeah, goal, goal, 24. They only hit that 24 a couple times. <laughs> yeah, they, that, and that was against yeah. little sisters of the poor. Right. But, you know, the same deal has been with Nebraska all year. The defense for Nebraska is every bit as good as the defense of Iowa's. They played absolutely outstanding football all year. They couldn't find a quarterback to not throw the football to the to the wrong <laughs> way. They went through three quarterbacks. Right. The final quarterback actually was Brock Purdy's uh, younger brother. Yeah. Uh, he came in last week and actually had a good game. He was a dual threat quarterback. Ran gave them you know gave them a spark there, but then he threw the interception at the end of the game that set Iowa up for the game winner. With and I don't know if you saw the sequence. There was an extra play in that game because Nebraska got some home cooking. The clock did not start on a play. They got 10 extra seconds. It never ran off. The announcers, they showed the clock before the play was snapped, showed the clock afterwards. That 10 seconds cost them the game. This is pretty scary. Jay, how much time you spend watching that game this morning? <laughs> uh, a total of maybe two and a half minutes. I, I might have equaled yours or under that. <laughs> this, this guy's telling you, he watched the whole game. Yeah. Don't you got something better to do? I was sitting around waiting to come to the Westgate, okay? How, how, how about looking at Boomer Sooner today? Yeah. Now, Boomer Sooner was, was scoring 69. It was a blowout. There was drama here. Yeah, there was <laughs> drama. I like watched paint dry, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Who's going to cross the 50? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we've ever seen anything like this. Yeah. You know, with a team regarding the total, the low scoring. Oh, and by the way, the Hawkeyes are 10-2. And yeah. they are going to be playing in the Big Ten championship game against the winner of Michigan and Ohio State. How's that going to look? Well, obviously, it's not the two best teams because they play tomorrow. I know. I know. Right? Yeah, but this is what and, they do. Yeah, I mean, it's what they do. So, you know, they're going to get smoked in the Big Ten championship game. You know, the, the big game for Michigan, Ohio State is tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, whoever loses has got to hope they still get in the playoffs because they're still going to be, you know, right. one of the best teams in the country. How do you guys feel about these situations with these conference championship games? Because the Big Ten has, I don't think they've ever gotten it right because you have Michigan, Ohio State in that same division. In the same division. I mean, we've yeah. seen Northwestern, we've seen Purdue, and, and they all get smoked. You know, in these championship games, and it yeah. is the most anticlimactic game. Right. At least those Big 12 championship games are, are, are good. The Pac-12 championship games, for the most part, very good, very competitive. Yeah. But that, that Big 10, every year, you don't want to watch that because the matchups are so one-sided. You're right. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it, it's dominant by one conference, okay? I mean, by one side of it. That's what it is. You know, you have, you have the two big dogs and everybody else is, you know, in the middle. Yeah. Or, or below, and you know, until the other schools can bump up and have a year where they can compete, that's what it's going to be. You know, there, there's been years in the Pac-12 when it's been that way. You know, when they went to this, you know, north and south and mm -hmm. and playing. There's been years too where you're like, mm, that's not much of a championship game. Now, the last few years it's been really good, right? You know, because both both teams have been. Both sides have been represented by good teams. And not every conference is the same. The Mountain no. West will take the top two. Two, yeah. And so do you think anybody would mind if we saw a rematch with Ohio State and Michigan for the Big uh, Ten Championship? Well, here again, until they expand the playoffs, they're not going to change it yeah. because you only get the four teams and you got to have one dominant winner, right? Yeah. Uh, when they expand the playoffs, then both teams are going to go no matter what. And like this year, if they were expanded playoffs, you you know Michigan and Ohio State are in. Iowa, they're not getting in. No. Even even if it is a eight twelve team playoff, right? Yeah. They're not getting in. So uh, you know it's it's a catch twenty two. Not every school can be up there. Not every school can dominate. So the selection committee is going to have their hands full if things play out where you've got Washington and Oregon is on schedule for, right. you know, to play a second time. If both of those teams go into that game, they don't lose their games this week, and Oregon, Oregon wins, wins that game, right. then then what do you do? You, right. you have, you know, they each have one loss. They beat each other. Yep. Um, in the new format, Oregon would automatically be Good. the team in because if they if want, they win, the, you know, whoever right. wins the conference championship. So that's going to put all the emphasis to get that by in the new format. But 
we got teams. There's going to be a ton of teams. Alabama is going to be they beat sitting, Georgia? Yeah, if Alabama <laughs> beats Georgia, they're sitting there looking, hey. Texas, you know, Texas runs the table. Mm-hmm. Texas you know, beat Alabama. What do you yeah, think? there's people who are going to say Alabama's playing better football now than Texas is. Right. But Texas has the head-to-head. Right. Where, where do you draw the line? Yeah. All right, so then it's, you get somebody's going to get strength left out. schedule within the conference, too. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so... Interesting, but thank goodness we have one more year of this nonsense of, of four teams. And we all remember how it used to be top two. That yeah. was even more of a nightmare. Yeah, and then it was still a vote. Yeah. They play the game and still be a vote. Yeah, yeah there would yeah. still be a vote. Yeah. <laughs> because of the way back in the day, those two teams had bowl affiliations that they had to go. So you didn't get yeah. the best two teams well, play each other. And then it come down to a vote, which was ridiculous. Yeah, and we... Some of us are old enough to remember when they would go, hey, we don't want to decide. We'll go split national champions. Yes. Uh, you're, like, yes. you're like, what? What is that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what yes. do you mean? You know, because it, it did come down to a vote. Neither team got a chance to play each other. Right. They were like, oh, we'll just call them split national yeah. champions. Uh, play a game. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> Back in those days, remember, well, we don't want to extend the season anymore right. because we always hear academics and we got to keep the kids in school. Like, what? Throw yeah, acad- yeah. Academics now, has been long out the window <laughs> since you were in school. <laughs> so now, now they play on Saturdays, sometimes on Sundays when the NFL isn't going, right? Yeah, right. They play Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Right. The only day they don't play football is Monday and Tuesday in well, college. They play Tuesday. Mac, the, the Mac, Mac plays Mac, Tuesday. The Mac plays Monday. Yeah, now the Mac, Mac plays Tuesday. Yeah. So, you know, I, <laughs> that's what drives me crazy. You know, everybody's like, you know, we're all trying. We're worried about the kids. We're worried about the guys playing in the NFL safety. No, you're not. Right. You're, you're playing on all these odd days. You know, you got you got a team playing on Sunday, and then they come back and play Thanksgiving Day. You're telling me you're worried about the players? Six teams playing. Yeah, exactly. We're going to expand so we we can play a few more. And, oh, by the way, we'll throw a game in on Friday. Right. Because, you know, we're the NFL and we can do that. Yeah. So uh, it's ridiculous. You know, it's. Because we want to take more money from another television outlet. Right. And more advertisers. You had to get uh, Amazon their game. They had to have their their prime game. Yeah, how's that game going today? And on Friday. Yeah, <laughs> Friday. The biggest, yeah, the, yeah. One of the biggest days for uh, yeah. Amazon. That's, that's right. a good point. Yeah, yeah. That's a coincidence. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow, yeah. You're, you're, you're not taking up en- enough of the monopoly. Amazon yeah. slash Prime, whatever. The yeah. got to give us a, a bad football game of the Dolphins and the Jets. Yeah. Well, you know, at the beginning of the year, it probably didn't look like a bad football game, but the way things have unfolded, it's not much of a football game. Yeah. It, it, Again, yeah. We every time the Jets have been yes. on prime time, we say yeah, it. We say this was supposed to be Aaron Rodgers and Tua, right? Yeah, right. you know, yeah. possibly for you know first place in the division. But, you know, at the but here's the, the thing. Here's the thing. Aaron Rodgers is very, very good. Don't get me wrong. I just don't see that team a whole lot different with Aaron Rodgers. And it's funny because we talked about that before the season started, yeah. before opening night. Like, If you're thinking the Jets are, are really this perennial playoff team or a yeah. Super Bowl contender, forget about it. That offensive line is the same offensive line as last That's, year. Yeah. So at this point of the season, if Aaron didn't get hurt the first game of the season, he would have missed a couple. Yes. Because that offensive line is terrible. Right. Right? And... I know Aaron Rodgers can escape, but he can't escape all that. No, <laughs> he's, not mean, that no he's, he's not, not that, that mobile. mobile. No. Uh, so, you know, it's it's hype in the preseason, hype in the offseason. Hey, we got Aaron Rodgers. Great. You got Aaron Rodgers. On paper, you had a really good defense, but your defense is still giving up 24, 27 points a game. That's tough to do in the NFL. You got it. All right, let's uh, talk about uh, the rest of the action. Uh, again, a full, not a full Friday, but a lot of games on tap here today. Some already concluded. We mentioned uh, Oklahoma uh, blasting TCU today. They put 69 on the board. I believe, what, 114 points uh, yeah. were, were scored in that I think game. it went over. Yeah, <laughs> it went over. So, yeah. We have 23 in one game and 114 in the other. Balance each other out. Yeah, yeah really nice. Okay, so for Mountain West Conference fans, uh, there is a game going on as we speak now with Air Force and Boise State, and that's going to affect UNLV. Obviously, UNLV is playing tomorrow. We'll talk about that game against San Jose State at Allegiant Stadium where UNLV has an opportunity to host 
the Mountain West Conference Championship game. There could be a three-way tie if UNLV loses with um, San Jose State and the winner of this game today between Air Force and Boise. But Air Force continues to slide. Boise State is leading that game right now, shutting out Air Force. So um, what the heck happened in the Air Force Academy? You know, I don't know because the first five weeks of the year, they looked really good. I think like the first eight. Remember the eight? No. Yeah. I mean, yeah, but you could – the last couple, they started to turn it over a little bit. Yeah. You a know, little, a little. Ten, a little. Ten, <laughs> I'm being nice, Marco. Come on. Yeah. But, you know, at the first five weeks, we were like, man, they're going to blow through and yeah. everything else. And on the flip side of that, who saw this coming from UNLV? Right? Yeah. Who saw this coming from UNLV? I mean, what what a difference, you know, it makes to get it somebody in there in charge that the kids believe in, you know, and all of a sudden they play and they're doing a great job. How much of this is maybe carryover from some of the kids? Now, Arroyo wasn't a good coach. And even uh, Tony Sanchez started to get some better players towards yeah. his end of the re- regime. Or, or, Arroyo wasn't good. X's and O's, this, that. But he was known as a recruiter. So should those guys get a little bit of the credit for what Barry has to deal with here? Because Barry didn't have much time to recruit much of a class. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, he, he inherited this yeah. team, right? Yeah. And he, the transfer portal worked a, a little, little bit. bit. Right. Yeah. I mean, he didn't get 60 kids, right? right? I mean, it right. wasn't a Colorado situation where you walk in and you go, <laughs> none of you are going to be here. Right. Get, you know, yeah. all yeah. that. But, uh, you know, I, I've got to give him credit because he got – those kids, and the hardest thing for a college coach to do when he steps in is get other coaches' kids to buy into what you have, okay? Uh, and the best example I can give is here in town with the Raiders. A guy comes in, steps in, he's full of enthusiasm, he's positive, you know, he lightens the mood, and you saw an instant change. The guys were relaxed. We talked about this a few weeks ago when I was here about I just thought they needed to relax. They're playing better football because they are relaxed. They're letting their athletic ability play, and that's what the kids at UNLV are doing, and, you know, props to them. It's been a great year. It's been a lot of fun to watch. Nine and two. They did not uh, play the toughest of schedules. Right. It's really weird in a conference where you don't play Boise State, San Diego State, and Utah State. Very strange. And again, that's not to take anything away because you can only beat yeah. the teams that are on your schedule. Your schedule is and, your schedule. And, and they've done that. And the Michigan game, they didn't embarrass themselves when they went to the big house. Right. 35 to 7, they lose. They covered. Uh, wasn't that bad. And then the Fresno State game, they actually had an opportunity yeah. to potentially win that game, dropped a wide open pass in the end zone to send it into overtime. Okay. So that was kind of sad. But but still, they are here uh, controlling their own destiny with a win against San Jose State, who, by the way, is no pushover, by the way. Right. They've won five in a row. Yeah. And this is a program, Jay. You remember, they were on the doorstep of, of eliminating that program oh, about five or six years yeah. ago. And now they have really turned around the last three seasons. Yeah, they have resurrected that program. And, you know, growing up, San Jose State was was a pretty good place to go. Mm -hmm. You know, if you didn't get, you know, what I would call the top-tier D1, San Jose State was a nice place to go. They turned out some good athletes and everything. And Jeff Garcia? Yeah, you know, and now, you know, a few years ago, they were talking about, hey, we're not even going to, you know, are we going to do this? Are we not? So, uh, you know, it's a credit to them. I'm glad they're still in it because of the tradition and you know they do have a chance they got a chance to come in and play spoiler so UNLV better be ready we'll be talking about it later when we do best bets but just look at what you just said about nine and two yep six and five and the home team that's nine and two is only a two and a half point favorite yeah a lot of this is the reason this is this is one of those games as a player or a coach you're supposed to win the game and if it's at the end of the third quarter and it's within seven, you're in trouble yeah. because the other team now believes they can beat you. So if San Jose State sticks around in this game, it's going to be a dogfight down to the end. So UNLV better be ready. And both teams can get up and down the field. Both teams can score. I mean, UNLV, they they've, could always score. They had good offenses, but not like this, where they're 44th in the country as far as offense, and they're right there on the outside looking in of the top 25. If they had a little tougher schedule, heck, at 9-2, they'd probably be in the top 20 or top 25. But kudos to Barry Odom. Uh, love it to, to what he's done here. 
uh, he's really connected not only with his team, but he's connected with the media, I think the fan base. And I just hope that people show up tomorrow. Yeah. You know, I hope they show up because there is no reason why for a game of this magnitude tomorrow at 12 noon on Saturday, you should not have a minimum of 30,000 fans there. Yeah. I mean, I I agree. In, in this town, you should. Yeah. Right? But, you know. But 30 years of... Of doldrums and that sort of thing. And, right. again, it, the numbers are there. I mean, look at this. I mean, nine straight losing seasons before this year. Yeah. Right? You have nine years where they've won two games or less in the last 20. Think about that. In 18 of the last 19 years, losing seasons. Jay, I can't think of another program in the entire country. Right. We talked about this. You know, every year we kind of talk about this. But, seriously, I mean... You know, the Dukes were bad. There were some other ones. I mean, there were some, you know, some teams right. in the MAC weren't even that bad where they would at least win four or five a year. Yeah. But this, I've never seen anything, uh, another program like this. And if you're a head coach coming from the SEC, like Barry Odom did, where he's a defensive coordinator at Arkansas, before that he was a head coach at Missouri, it was a risky thing for him to take this job. Yeah. Because everybody else that took this job. I don't think they ever got another head coaching job. Right. And I know John Robinson was on on his way out anyway. <laughs> but, you know, you had everybody else. They came in. They tried it. Uh, you know, bad bad hires by the administration. But here's a guy that says, nope. He goes, I'm willing to take my shot even though I could ruin my reputation. But, man, yeah. it, he, he scored with it. But on the flip side. He's going to he, get a big paycheck coming it, from it, somebody. From somebody yeah. else. Yeah. 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 And, it's, you know. Here's the thing. He gambled on himself. Yeah. He gambled on himself. He believed in what he knew and how he could coach. And, you know, you got to give him props. You got to you got to go up and shake his hand and go, you did it. Because, there's, as you said, there's not a whole lot of guys that are going to be a D.C. or a head coach that was in the SEC and go, I'm going to go take that head coaching job. Yeah. Right? right? I mean, because it, it's been the kiss of death, right? Totally. totally. <laughs> so yeah. he came here and he's changed the program, and you know now he's got a chance, as you said, Marco. Somebody's going to come knocking on that door, yeah. and you know it's not going to be, hey, I'll give you an extra fifty grand. It's going to be, oh a, yeah, a significant pay There's job. Several zeros. Yeah, <laughs> and it hasn't hurt. I mean, you said that the last couple coaches started to recruit, brother. That also coincides with you got a new building that you're playing. Hundred percent, right? You know, yeah. you've got Vegas has become a destination, and, an, and the NIL, and the NIL. You can't yeah. deny there's there's some donors here in town. Yeah, you know, you got to get those guys involved too, and you know, there should be a place where they should be able to have a a very good program. Mm-hmm. They right. really should. UNLV against San Jose State tomorrow at twelve noon. One of us, some of us, one person has that on the best bet. So we'll talk about that coming up uh, next hour as well, too. Trevor Match will be joining us next hour. Best bets. It is Marco D'Angelo, Jay Schrader, a quarterback. He is in the house here today. T.C. Martin Show live from the Westgate of Las Vegas inside the world-famous Superbook. Uh, electric, fun, festive atmosphere here. Of course, all the games going on, plus everything else happening here at the Westgate. So come on by, say hello, and join us here Non-stop sports talk, of course, to the 4 o'clock hour, of course, like we do each and every uh, Friday here, and of course, uh, Monday through Friday, uh, streaming live, tcmartinshow.com, and of course, here in Las Vegas, all the time, right here. All right, we come back, we get into the marquee games on the college football uh, docket. We'll talk some NFL coming up, and like we said, best bets next hour as well, right here on a fabulous Football Friday. Back to more nonstop sports talk with the Dr. T.C. Martin. Oh, yes, living it up, living it up. Oh, yeah, on a Friday. Here we are at the Westgate Las Vegas inside the Superbook. Super Bowl champion, former Redskin, former Raider, former Bruin, Jay Schrader in the house with us. Always love it when Jay is here in the house. Marco D'Angelo as well. We like that too. 
Trevor Maddox, let me join us. I just got to give it to this guy. I saw, I saw, I, I, Trevor was looking good this morning on TV. Does he still have the beard? No. Okay, good. It's about time. We, yeah. vote, we voted he, that beard off. Right. Yeah, so that's why I said he looked good. You good. know, he didn't look like the old mountain man. He actually, yeah. you know, looked good. He was sitting up nice and tall and, you know. Well, make sure you tell him that when, you, will, when, when, when he joins Trevor. us today as well. Too. That's right. Good stuff, man. Okay, best bets uh, coming your way next hour. <sighs> Let's talk about Oregon, Oregon State tonight. Okay. That is a game, uh, obviously, with a lot of implications. Pac-12 championship game, and Oregon national. still thinking national um, contention for being uh, in the playoffs here. The game is in Eugene. Oregon has blasted everybody in sight. Oregon State has been a nice story. Now they're trying to keep their coach, yep. Jonathan Smith, because talk about somebody coming after him. Uh, his phone, I think, is already starting to ring <laughs> from, from, from ADs. Yeah. Right. So Oregon State. I, I have a feeling he has a contract already waiting. Yes. His uh, athletic director said that uh, he wants the first right of refusal. They're going to try to match it. But this is a team that has uh, been, been pretty solid. But this Oregon team is on a different level right now. The line is a big one. It's 14. Marco, any thoughts on, on the game tonight? Well, there's two things here. Obviously, you look at Oregon State. They've not lost by more than three points all year. They've been in every ball game. But it is a rivalry, and they would like nothing better than to ruin the national championship hopes of their big brother. And let's not forget, you know, these teams are going different directions. The Pac-12 is going, so that's added motivation for Oregon State. But my concern with Oregon State is this. They played their guts out last week against Washington. You know, another team that was undefeated looking at uh, playing for the national championship. And they had that game. They, they were right there. Washington came back, got the late field goal. How much do they have left in the tank? You're, you know, you're coming back on a short week off of a physical game with Washington. The only way I see this as a blowout is if Oregon can get separation early and take Oregon State out of their comfort zone. Because Oregon State is a very balanced team. They run the football well, but they got a passing game to go with it. And they complement one another. But if you fall behind by two scores, the game plan starts to change a little bit, and then you got to force the issue. We, you know, a quarterback is good when you're on the right down and distance and your right score. When you're going uphill, it's a little bit different, and that Oregon team does play defense. They're one of the few teams in the Pac-12 that does have a physical defense and can stuff you. So that's where I'm looking at. You want to hear the flip side of this now? Yes, I do. <laughs> How many points are Oregon average in the game? About 100. <laughs> about, so they're about, gonna score about 42, between, I believe. Yeah, yeah. they're going to score between 45 and 56, right. right? Yeah. Do you see Oregon State scoring any more than 21 against Oregon defense? No, not at all. And I'm going to bring the quarterbacks into play with our quarterback here, all right? We know that DJ Ugalele from Clemson. Uh, got basically ran out of the program, and he went to Oregon. It was a pretty hold on, hold on, before you go any farther. Okay. Why did he get run out of the program? Well, because he was ineffective. Because Clemson ended up being a pass team, right? Not a balanced team, correct? And they found out he couldn't throw. Right. My point exactly for right. tonight's game. Right. <laughs> and when you go back to the Washington game last week, where they lost twenty-two to twenty, he was terrible. Yep. Okay. He had what two interceptions in that game. When he faces the top-tier defenses, it looks like the DJ from Clemson. Yeah. So, to me, there is a huge uh, advantage for Oregon with Bo Nix and the way he's playing, yeah. and especially the surrounding talent. Oregon State has good players. Yes. Oregon Oregon has fantastic players. Yeah. They've got studs there. And then in Autzen Stadium and in a rivalry game, there is no letdown here whatsoever. I can see why this line is 14. Right. I, I got no problem, maybe not laying the 14, but laying that teaser, no problem. Yeah. To, for them to win by by a touchdown, I don't see that being a problem. And like you guys said, the, it could go downhill very, very fast yeah. for Oregon. And, and it didn't matter if Chip Kelly was there or what coach was there, the current coach there right now. Uh, they don't mind uh, just keeping the pedal to the metal as well, too. They're yeah. not going to go into that four-minute well, offense. You know, if, if they're up by 10 or, or 13. And here's the thing. You're exactly right. 
And the reason they do that is because they want the in-state players to come to Oregon, not Oregon State. Right. So this is, as much as everything else, this is recruiting for the next year to get those kids that go, hey, Oregon State's up and coming, and then Oregon's going to go, yeah, until they played us. <laughs> right? And right. we're still the big dog in town. So, you know, here's the deal. And so that makes a difference. These kids, a lot of these kids, Oregon, Oregon State, grew up playing against each other, you know, uh, from there. So it is a big rivalry. I just, I think the experience at the quarterback position and the offense combined with, as you said, Marco, the way Oregon plays defense is just too much for Oregon State. So all three of us are basically saying it's, it's, well, it's Oregon or I don't play the game. Yeah. yeah. Oregon's got to play. They got to come to play. But if Oregon plays their game, they'll win the game. The only thing that concerns me, and everything you said about slapping the little brother is true, but they still got something next week. You don't want to empty the tank out completely with nobody's thinking. They're not thinking that. They're not thinking that because here again, as a coach, and I know he's doing it, he's like, there is no next week without this week. Exactly. This is the one that counts. We've got to win this one. Then we can worry about what next week makes. Right. But right now, we got to win this one. And the thing is, they're not playing Cal. They're no. not playing Stanford. You're right. playing yep. Civil War guy right You're, there. You know, exactly. can't call it the Civil War anymore. They're playing They're playing the, the little brother. The, okay. The, I, will, I will tell you, okay, just because you brought it, that up. Yeah. I got a very interesting email this morning some, from some friends back east and everything else. Dan Snyder, is they emailing you again? You better, uh, or watch your emails. No, but... <laughs> But I did get an email, okay, okay, from the Native American tribe are suing the NFL to get the Redskins back in the NFL. To get it back. To get it back. I because they this. were the ones that, they were not the ones that said it was offensive. Right. So they're suing to get it back. I'm like, good for you. Isn't that a great story? Isn't Seriously. That awesome? That is a great I story. I love it. I love it. Yeah. I hope they get it back. Because it, it made no sense to me, but you know, because the people that had no, no knowledge, no idea, right. the public spoke out because yeah. you know, everyone and, thinks they have an opinion, right. thinking it's derogatory instead of talking to the people yeah. with, with within the tribe or right. within that organization, especially well, former players like yourself. Well, and we've we've discussed this on the Jeez. show before. Yeah. You know what people don't realize when I was there and we wore that Indian headdress on the on the side of the helmet. Yeah. That was designed by the grandson to honor his Indian chief grandfather. Right. And they loved it. Yeah. They loved it. And people were like, oh, it's offensive. Oh, what are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> to who? <laughs> to who? They were like, it's an honor for them to wear it. Yeah. So uh, I hope they go back and I hope they do get back to the Redskins. Do you think it happens, though? Do I think it happens? Probably not. It's gonna we, be, you know what? It, it should happen. It but, should happen. But, and it could happen if the NFL gets in front of this and explains it the proper way. Right. Because the NFL jumped to it like thinking, oh, well, you know, some group or some, per, you know, a lot of people out there right. think that. But, okay, well, hold on. Do your homework. Yeah. Let, 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 let's go back to the roots here. Yeah. If you really explain it like that. Then you shut it down. You go back. You have the tradition. You don't have this nonsense football team, commanders. I mean, come on. No one's ever going to get used to the commanders. Right. Well, here's the only reason, and probably getting a lot of trouble with this, but that's okay because what what is the one guy that's not going to let it go back because he would have to step back his comments is Roger Goodell. Yeah. Right? That's the one guy because he would have to go. I was wrong. Yeah, and, and you know what? You would in, you would enhance your image. You would. You would. He could enhance but his image. We, we all know Roger Goodell. I know. Right? I know. But but come on, everybody loves football. Right. Everybody loves the National Football League. Yeah. And a, again, a commissioner shouldn't be booed like that for the most popular league. I, and we see that. Just again, just step aside. You know, get out of the way. I, you know what I'm saying? I actually know one guy because. It's been a couple of years, but I had this conversation with him, and he, he just so happens now to be part of the ownership group, and that's Magic Johnson. There you go. There you go. He was like, why did they ever change their name? Yeah. Why didn't a lot of those people speak up, though, at the time, though, too? Well, they tried, but they got silenced. Yeah. 
they yeah. got silenced. Yeah. Which is yeah. very unfortunate. Right. So side note, sorry, didn't no. To... Ron Rivera. Speaking of that, has he coached? Uh, coached the last couple games here in, in yeah, DC. Yeah, he'll be done at the end of the year. Yeah. yeah. I mean, okay. Ron Rivera went to the playoffs one time, a team that he inherited, right? Right. Since then, he's been a sub five hundred coach. Mm-hmm. He's a good guy, but he's not a head coach. I know there's some rumblings that uh, maybe maybe after some time passes or maybe he'd get a fresh start in Chicago. Are you buying that? Again, going back to an organization he played for, that sort of thing. I, I could see it happening, but why would Chicago go that way? Wow. Chicago's going to go after Harbaugh. I would think. I would think. I would think. Uh, a lot, a lot th- of people that uh, follow the Raiders think that yeah. Mark Davis is going after him, too. Yeah, but that would so, be a mistake. Yeah. I, I really do. Right. I think that would be a mistake. I think, uh, I mean, while we got on that subject, I think Chicago should go to Jim Harbaugh, pretty much an open book. What's it going to take? Because obviously the college game with what's going on the last couple of years is not where Jim Harbaugh wants to be. Right? I mean, he does some things there. And I think you've got to give Antonio Pierce, based on the way the team has played, you've got to give him a shot. Because of the energy and the way that the team has responded, they remember a couple of years ago they had an interim coach that everybody loved, and they got rid of him. And the team was like, "What are you talking about? Do you do that again to him?" I think it depends. I mean, he's got another uh, six games to, to audition. Yeah, you know. And again, last week you can say all you want that oh yeah they played hard, defense played hard. They only lost by a touchdown. Well, thank thank Miami for that because Miami turned it over. Tua was horrible in that right. game. Aiden O'Connell was horrible, you know, with, with yeah. the three turnovers there. That game that game very easily could have been, you know, forty two well, to ten. Yeah, no question. But you're also fooling yourself if you're thinking the Raiders are in the Miami's right. in, in that same class. They're not. Okay, there there's a definite separation yeah. there. The fact that Miami still won the game and yeah. played bad means they're a much better football team. I think the only way that he even gets that opportunity is if he beats Kansas City and win, you know, and, and be, beats a couple teams down the road. And, you know, again, they play flawless football. They get back to, to doing what they want to do. I mean, here, here's what we're see, hearing now. So it's like Josh Jacobs is upset that he only carried the ball 14 times. And Antonio Pierce said, yeah, we, we got to get him at least 20, 25 carries. Excuse me, we all watched the game last week. That's all they did was run the football. Right. It didn't work. And they're saying you want to run more? I mean, they pa- I mean, it was dink and dunk, right. and they were so committed to the run. No, no, no. Devontae Adams has got to be saying, no, pass, give me give me the ball. Are you well, kidding me? Yeah. I mean, it, this, this, it doesn't make sense. There's, it doesn't seem like there's a proper direction here. He carried 14 times, and the way I watched that game last week, it was like 12 times too many. Yeah. Well, <laughs> right? I mean, it, let's be honest. The way the rules are in the NFL, you've got to throw the ball. Yeah. You have to. That's the only way you're going to – I mean, run game is nice, you know, as a change-up. After you hit some passes, you know, you, you give the guy a carry. He r- rattles off eight, nine yards. That's a good thing. But you've got to throw the ball. The, the problem is right now they're just too inconsistent throwing the ball. There's no – rhyme or reason they're not i don't think they're taking enough shots down the field um you know you look at the teams that are the top of the league they take shots i mean it's hard at any level of football it's hard to go 80 yards down the field and the higher the level it is the harder it gets right Okay, so... That's so tough for Oklahoma in college football. Anyone in the Big 12? <laughs> well, Big 12, I'm, I'm, I'm Big 12 they don't give away scholarships for defensive guys. It's all offense. So. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you can't, you know, if you're a defensive guy, you go to the SEC. <laughs> now, I'm not as close to the organization as you are, Jay. I just don't think that the interim coach is going to get the shot because if any interim coach should have had the opportunity to coach this football team, it was the last one. Yeah. Remember what he inherited. Yep. You you had a there was Mess. just fires to put out everywhere. You had the Gruden fiasco. You had the off the field stuff with the car accident. Yep. Players on TikTok with guns. Everything <laughs> that could go wrong. And he not only weathered the storm, 
He got them to the playoffs. Right. You know, that's what the goal of every, you know, is to make the playoffs. And he was never considered. And I think it's because if you go back all through the years of the Raiders organization, they've always had a flashy coach. The only coach that they didn't have in my memory banks that wasn't a flashy coach and was a player's coach was Art Shell. Because he was a Raider icon, yeah. He, yeah. And that was the only one that was there. And then and they got rid of him, too. They they want a flashy name. They want to be able to be significant in the news. Because right now, yeah. of all the pro I mean, all the pro teams, did you think we'd ever say that about Vegas? <laughs> all the pro teams, they're on the back seat. Even though it's the biggest sport, yeah. they're in the back seat yeah. as far as success goes. No, he, Mark Davis, I believe, yeah, he, wa- he wants name recognition. I, I get it. that's why he went after John Gruden went you know yeah. for that paid him you know ten million dollars still paying, a season. Him. Still paying yeah. him exactly <laughs> gonna be for a while so yeah I, I, that's why again you know people get so enamored with the ill interim thing and even like Rich Passaccia I mean at that point he's never been a head coach before so in your mind you can't really say okay well he did this and it was a weak playoff run I mean you barely got in the playoffs I mean it was you got beat I mean the, that team, you didn't think, oh, this team can go deep yeah. in the playoffs, okay? Right. And you're reeling from the Gruden thing or whatever. So you think, yeah, give me a guy with head coaching experience. That's what you want. You want a guy not only with head coaching experience but successful head coaching yeah. experience. And that's what you want to try to do because you believe that you've got a brand. You always hear the Raiders brand. But not only do you have the brand, I mean, you've got this shiny brand new yeah. stadium that is, if it's not the best stadium in the NFL, it's the second best next to SoFi or whatever. And, you know, you've got an owner that is willing to spend money on free agents. Yeah. All right. If you get a quality GM that knows how to draft, it, it can be a very attractive job. It, it, it can be. But, yeah, you you, you got to score. you got to hit not only a successful head coach that has experience, but a GM as well. It's yeah. got to start there, right, Jay? He definitely, yeah. I mean, it's got to start there because yeah. you've got to be able to evaluate, honestly, your team. Right, that's where you got to start, and we addressed this way back when. You know, we all knew going into the draft they needed defensive backs. What did they get? Did they get any? Right? I mean, we were sitting here after the draft. Same old scenario. We were sitting here after the draft, going, "Wait a minute, what? Right. What are we doing?" Yeah. Right? Uh, you know, and so you got to be able to honestly evaluate your team. And right now, defensive front, they could use some help. I mean, other than Max Crosby, right? Uh, nobody's playing. We all thought Chandler Jones, where did he go? That was, you know, a bust, right? But linebackers, I think the linebackers are playing pretty well. Yeah. Okay, they're playing pretty well. Defensive backs, I mean, granted, it's the hardest position to play yeah. in the NFL right now. Right. I get it. But we talked about this. Either you're going after the guy up front. To give those defensive backs a help, or you got to get a bunch of guys in the back that are are going to be really, really good. And here's the thing too: when you get a, a a head coach who comes in in his mindset, and again, I'm talking about Josh McDaniels in that Patriot way, right. and you want to try to just go 180 degrees because you want to make it your your team. Yeah. The Raiders have hurt themselves. Right. They got rid of some quality people. Yep. You know, not so much on the defense side, but the offense side. Okay. You get rid of Darren Waller. You got rid of Alex Ingold. No one talks about it. this kid is now thriving after the broken leg. He's over at Miami playing that fullback position. Yeah. He's probably right behind you, check for, for the 49ers. Yeah. And we yeah. know the fullback position is kind of a foregone conclusion, but. The Raiders had that, and he was successful at that. And he was a young player out of Green Bay, Wisconsin. Thank you, Bayport High School. There you go. All right, got to throw that. But sir, and then and then Waller, and then you've gotten rid of some wide receivers, and then you draft Hunter Renfro, which is pretty good from a top-rate college program. Then he gets dismissed pretty much. Right. So you've killed yourself yeah. with these decisions because you let that head coach dictate which way you want to go. Yeah. And, 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 and to get rid of Darren Waller and Alex Ingold, for me, that's inexcusable. Well, the Darren Waller thing, to me, kind of made sense just because he wasn't on the field. He's been injured. Yeah. Okay? And that's... But that's not know, why they got rid of him. You know yeah, that. Yeah. I mean, if you look at it from that point, that's the only excuse they could have. Right. Because when he was on the field, they were by far a much better team. No question about it. All pro. No question. You know? All right. 
Michigan, Ohio State. Who you got, man? I got Ohio State. Mm-hmm. I have Ohio State. Right, we'll dive into that in best bets, but just let's talk about the matchup. Both 11 and 0. Uh, Michigan has had the us against the world mentality. This Ohio State team, though, for me, it's not the same Ohio State team that we've seen in years past. You know, but uh, this, this is, is going to be a pretty balanced Ohio State team. Yeah. That, yeah. That's what I like. I mean, it is a well-balanced Ohio State team. So uh, I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be a whale of a game, but I, I like Ohio State. I just I think they're going to come in. They're going to go into the big house, and they're going to go, hey, we're still, I know the last couple of years, but we're still the top dog. And, you know, where often can you be number two in the country and be the underdog? Yeah, at the big house in front of a hundred five thousand, right? right? I mean, and I think they'll use that to to their advantage. Mm-hmm. Who do you like better at quarterback? Because both guys have not been great yeah. in recent weeks, and you know, McCarthy, McCord. What, what do you what do you see when you look at those two quarterbacks? I think the quarterbacks are a wash. I really yeah. do. I don't think I don't think you can swing one way or another. Mm-hmm. I think they both had some really good games, and they both there's some games where you look at it and you go. Who, who stole their jersey? Because, you know, who are those guys, right? right? I just think with all the emotion and everything going on, I think when it comes down to it, Ohio State is going to be a little bit more poised than Michigan. Michigan, I from the last couple of years, has gotten a little hot-tempered, and I think that's going to come back and get them. I really do. I give a slight edge experience-wise to Michigan and McCarthy. Mm-hmm. But if you look at right now, McCourt is playing his best football. He's gotten better as the season's gone on. And I think the difference in the game is you've got a, a game-changer playmaker, and that's Marvin Harrison Jr. You've got 20. I He's think, the best player on the field. No okay. question. Yep. you got a 22 touchdown passes for McCourt, four interceptions. 13 of those have gone to Harrison. That, I think, is the difference. And then when you look at the schedules, they basically played the same schedule, except Ohio State had Penn State at home. Michigan had them on the road. And we all talked about that game. Franklin, just horrible coaching job in that game. But the difference to me is Ohio State's already gone on the road and played a big game. They went to South Bend when Notre Dame was playing really good football and it was an ugly game, and they shouldn't have won that game. I was going to say, they, they basically lost the game. Yeah. Okay, but they found a way to win that game. And I was yeah. on Notre Dame in that game, so yeah. I was yeah. not, you know, I ended up with the, the push. But I think they've had the bigger, the better experience. I'm going to go with them. One thing I will say about this game, for it's always built up every year, Michigan-Ohio State. Yeah. The last five years, doesn't matter which one it wins it, they have been blowout. blowout city. There have been no close games yeah. at all. So if you like Ohio State, you're getting three and a half. I would sprinkle some on the money line because if they're going to win, I don't I don't see it being a three-point game yeah. and them winning by the right. hook. They're going to win I, the game outright or they're not. I'm going to go out on a limb and say this game is not going to end 13-10. Yeah. <laughs> Easy there. Pace yourself, I'm going to okay? go way out. All right. And you, and you won't find a total of 24 and a half in this Big Ten game. All right. Marco D'Angelo, Jay Schrader in the house with me, T.C. Martin. Glad to have you here. Trevor Match will join us next hour. And we have got best bets coming your way. And we start talking NFL week number 12. We'll break all that down, including the Raiders and the Chiefs. It's a football Friday. Thanksgiving Day weekend here inside the Westgate Las Vegas.